How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to KMOX's At Your Service here on a Tuesday night uh, following a Billiken loss. Uh, boy, I tell you what, thought they played really well the first half, but is uh, a tough team, tough team. Hey, Greg Damon sitting tonight. KMOX's At Your Service going all the way till 10 o'clock tonight. Got some great stuff coming up. And I'll tell you what, we're just going to jump right into it right now since we're... Uh, Behind the eight ball a little bit, let's go ahead and bring in uh, our first guest. You know him, you love him, you can't live without him. He is our uh, good friend, Ed Burney, public safety official and a uh, good friend of the show here. He's been kind enough to join us on a uh, Tuesday night on At Your Service. What is going on, my friend? Ed, are you there? I keep writing your check. There we go. Yeah. All right, go now I got it. I said, if you keep introducing me like that, I'm going to have to keep writing your check. That's right. That's right. Well, your wife, you know, she pays me to be your friend, so... Yeah, well, that's money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well played, Ed Bernie. Well played. Uh, Thank you. You know, after 22 years, you think I'd figure out how to run this board on this, uh, you know, table here, but uh, evidently, I don't know how to do that. So, anyway, so let's uh, let's get into it, Ed. You know, I love to have you on uh, a couple times a year. Really talk about, uh, you know, we're going back, getting ready to uh, turn the clocks back. Well, obviously, that means uh, for everybody else, hey, it is time to put batteries in the old smoke detector, or check it to make sure it's still working. Yep, that's the uh, the uh, biannual. So uh, the uh, the interesting thing we're finding right now, and this is just uh, with some of the folks that I've talked to out in the community, uh, there's been you know a lot of talk about the uh, those ten year lithium batteries, and you know usually what we recommend for the for the houses that have those really steep cathedral ceilings that are really hard to get to. Usually if you buy a house like that, that's got a 10-year battery in it already. That's what those lithiums are for. Uh, but some people are buying them and putting them in their regular smoke detector, so that theoretically could change how your process goes for this time of the year. Um, you know, Usually we say change your clock, change your battery. But with that 10-year battery in there, we're asking you, know, you know, absolutely change your clock, but you might just want to check the battery to make sure that it still works and not necessarily just dump it after uh you know six to seven months because those batteries are not cheap i i gotta tell you ed no way i'm i'm not doing it not putting that lithium battery in there i'm a freak about it i'm changing them twice a year putting batteries in my flashlight at the same time i don't care what you say <laughs> well and that's uh, <laughs> obviously a personal choice uh, one of these days you're going to be putting a battery in your pacemaker too <laughs> well that's that's why i have you I, I can have you know also you know those tall cathedral ceilings you can come with a big ladder and change that so 
Well, and that's a, you bring up a good point. Uh, many of the uh, fire districts and municipal departments in the community, they do offer that service. Uh, it's not an automatic thing, but, you know, they can certainly uh, have a conversation with your uh, with your local fire protection agency. Uh, sometimes you can schedule that. Uh, a lot of times some of the departments will do a, uh, a blast through a neighborhood. Um, you know, where I, uh, where I used to work, we'd go into certain neighborhoods knowing that, you know, um, we've replaced a lot of the detectors and batteries and uh, would offer that service. So um, not every department does it, not every district does it, but um, you won't know unless you uh, contact them and find out. Well, especially, you know, if you have uh, a lot of senior citizens in a neighborhood or maybe, you know, an assisted living place or a, uh, you know, sen- senior housing, something like that may not be a bad idea, bad idea to do that. Yeah, and that's uh, that brings up a good point again, uh, particularly with the uh, senior living facilities uh, or assisted living. Um, theoretically, those complexes should have some type of a maintenance crew, uh, and you know they'll they should be doing it for the facility. However, um, a lot of those places uh, could be considered um, a private residence, so it's up to the uh, to the to the occupant to look into that. But if the uh, on-site maintenance is there, I believe they would be probably more than happy to help. But again, that's a, that's a conversation to have with the facility where you reside. Well, absolutely. Or your local fire department as well, as you said before. I, I just think it's, uh, you know, I, it, nobody needs to be climbing up on stuff if they don't need to. That's uh, the, the older I get, the, uh, the worse it is. I don't want to get up on that ladder. So. Yeah, that's, that's correct. We definitely don't encourage, uh, you know, anyone that isn't comfortable with heights to be on a ladder, regardless of the height, but um, obviously, as we age, which we're both doing, it's no secret. Um, Thanks, Ed. You know, if you, well, hey, I'm there with you too, brother. Um, <laughs> if you do get an injury, um, it takes a lot longer to heal from it as well, and uh, some of those injuries could be pretty devastating. Um, you know, fractured hip, fractured femur, skull fracture, anything like that. So, um, yeah, let the uh, let the young folks help you out and take and take care of those things. Right. Get, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I know you've uh, you've done a, a bunch of uh, in the cathedral ceilings uh, for us and stuff, and so I really appreciate that. Uh, and that's just you know a phone call away. Right. Yeah. And again, they uh, those types of ceilings, man, they're beautiful, but they are a pain to maintain. Uh, so that's why that that ten year battery is real useful for that. But uh, the tried and true nine volt battery also does its does its job and it has its place in our smoke detector society. Uh, but keep in mind, it's not just your smoke detector that you should probably be checking at this time, too. Uh, those carbon monoxide detectors, uh, either the ones that are uh, single station that uh, may be sitting on the ceiling or the uh, ones that plug into the wall, those have a battery backup in them as well. Uh, just as you would maintain your smoke detector, you would also do that with the carbon monoxide. Yeah, you know, at uh, Casa Damon, uh, I'm kind of kind of weird about that. I got a smoke detector in every room and, and a couple of carbon monoxide detectors. But I'm just kind of a freak that way. I, I guess how many, really, how many uh, smoke detectors should an average household have? Well, by code, and again, that's based off when your house was built. Uh, at a bare minimum, um, you should have one in every bedroom and then at least one on every level of the house. So a two-story house with a basement, you'd have a minimum of three and then one in each bedroom. Yeah, with my kids, I have to have the ones that say, get up, get out, fire. Yeah, well, and again, um, you know, with uh, the way technology advances, uh, one of the interesting things I got to view one time was a a system test for uh, smoke detectors that were for uh, folks hard of hearing. So 
they're very, very loud, but also they have a just an obnoxious uh, strobe beacon on them. Uh, so, you know, any any person needs to be able to be awakened from a deep sleep um, if there's smoke in your house. And when you're asleep, you won't smell the smoke. Um, that's one of the things that we teach to the kids for very early fire safety is when you go to sleep, your nose goes to sleep as well. So that's uh, that's a more wide spell to say, well, you know, I'll, I'll smell the smoke. It'll wake me up. And it usually does. That's usually not the case. Well, what is what is a better smoke detector? Is it the ones that's already wired into the house or the ones that you can just purchase at any uh, discount place that you can just uh, put in the ceiling with a couple screws. So what we always say is um, any smoke detector that is properly maintained, that's the one that you need to have. Uh, newer construction houses by code, um, those ones that are already hardwired in, those are what we call interconnected. They also have a battery backup. So the um, the selling point for those is that, you know, if your house has power, you will always have your smoke detector working. But if the power drops in your house, that's where that battery backup comes in. Um, they work exactly the same as a regular single station, which is the guy that you would just uh, buy, you know, one at a time. You either screw or glue to the wall or the ceiling of your house. They they work. The, the technology is the same on both of them. Just one is um, hooked in with the wiring in your house. And uh, the advantage to those is that when one goes off, they all go off in the house. Single station, that's not the case. So that, that's the advantage over the interconnect. One goes off, they'll all go off in the house. So regardless of where you're at, you get one detector goes off, they're all they're all charming. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with the battery backup for those because uh, my house has them hardwired, but obviously it's a little older home, so I don't know if, that's, uh, if they have a battery backup with it. I would bet you dollars to donuts. And that would be a Tim Hortons donut, obviously. Sweet. That uh, there is a there's a battery backup in there. It's a nine volt. So uh, you know, this would be the time to uh, to actually take the cover off of it and look and oh. see if it's there. So you're saying it's in the smoke detector itself, not like a it separate is. battery. Okay. No, it's it's uh, oh, it's well, part of the uh, it's part of the unit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I could have had you going. I could have had you looking all over the house for That's a right. battery. Pack. That's right. I don't went home tonight and. <laughs> and uh, waking everybody up trying to uh, tear up the house looking for a battery backup. Here I'm thinking it's like a sump pump battery backup or something. <laughs> yeah, if you do that, let me know how that turns out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, also, I wanted, uh, let's just jump into, uh, uh, well, I want to talk about carbon monoxide detectors uh, real quick, Ed, but i got to do a little bit of business. Can you hang with me a few more minutes? Absolutely. All right, fantastic, folks. On the phone, we're talking with public safety official Ed Burney, good friend of the show, uh, talking about all sorts of stuff here, what we can get ready for for spring and the time change coming up as well. Stick around. More to come at your service on KMOX. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Welcome back, everyone. 846 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. You're listening to KMOX. It's at your service. Greg Damon sitting in tonight on this Tuesday night. All sorts of stuff going on. On the phone with us, we're visiting with our good friend Ed Burney, public safety official, and uh, talk a little about, uh, hey, we're going to be setting the clocks again, so it's a good time to get your smoke detectors and everything else working, making sure that they are working, I should say, and changing the batteries. Uh, Ed, we, we kind of left, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh, carbon monoxide detectors. Uh, I don't care if it's winter or summer. I still think it's something you need to change the batteries in and make sure they are working as well. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a very good point to bring up because uh, carbon monoxide um, is not just confined to your furnace. See, most people, historically, most of our carbon monoxide alarms and incidents happen in the wintertime when you're using your furnace, but any appliance in your house that uses a flame for anything. So we're talking to your water heater. Um, if you have a gas stove, gas dryer, anything that uses a flame uh, can produce carbon monoxide if the mixture is not correct. So twice a year when you're changing batteries and smoke detectors, you should be checking the carbon monoxide as well. Uh, the good thing with all of the appliances that potentially could create carbon monoxide, a good preventive maintenance program on them, making sure that they're clean, that they're serviced on a regular basis, usually removes all those issues. It still does happen occasionally, but preventive maintenance is the key, just like it would be with a vehicle. You know, you take care of your car, treat it with uh, tender, loving care, and uh, follow the manufacturer's recommendations, and you'll you'll be fine. Same thing with the appliances. Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point in that because I think most people don't think about that. They think about getting their furnace or their air conditioner checked, service, whatever needs to be done. But they really don't think about their appliances, and as appliances wear, you know, they're gonna, they can have other issues as well. So it's always good to keep those instruction manuals, look for maintenance that needs to be done, call an appliance repair person and talk about possible maintenance or just coming out to check it out, especially if the appliances has a few years on it. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's it's cheaper to uh, do preventive maintenance than it is to actually replace or possibly you know risk uh, having a fire in the house. Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Uh, so the carbon monoxide detectors. I do have one question. So they sure. sell they sell a lot of different types of carbon monoxide detectors, much like a uh, much like a, a, a smoke detector. Some smoke detectors mm-hmm. have those built in with it as well. So, but the, probably the most popular one is the one you just plug into an outlet, and it, yeah, now, that's is that yeah, something? Uh, well, my my question yeah. is, so is that should they be mounted lower in the house or should they be mounted higher in the house? So, I've I've had this uh, question several times. Um, probably from me. <laughs> well, you know, maybe not, but. Um, with the exception of maybe a commercial building, you usually don't see an outlet where you can plug something in up near the ceiling. Most of those are down towards the floor. The The biggest thing with the uh, carbon monoxide detector and the um, suggested rules have changed over the last couple of years. Um, you know, just like a smoke detector on every level, um, you probably should have a carbon monoxide detector on every level of your house. The caveat with that is, uh, particularly when you're talking about the basement, you don't want to put it directly next to the water heater or the furnace, because when those appliances um, initially kick on, you know, you're getting um, a flame, Uh, particularly with, I I use the water heater as a perfect example, because we go through a lot of hot water in our house, so that thing runs constantly. (laughs) But, But once it kicks on, you know, there's more flame there. Any of the appliances, they do create a, a, a small amount of carbon monoxide when they first start their um, their cycle to operate. If you've got the detector sitting right on top of it, there's a chance it may alarm. And it's not necessarily a false alarm. It's detecting carbon monoxide, but it's not the the kind where the alarm was designed to to pick up. We're like, oh my gosh, this is this is bad. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, depending on the type of detector that you buy, the one that you're describing as a Nighthawk 2000. That's the one I have in my house. Uh, those are those are very very good detectors. Uh, for one, if for no other reason, they they self clean their sensor. So when you when you put it through its preventive maintenance cycle, it actually kind of fixes itself. So the the sensing plate there'll be a little thing that swipes across it and then it, it cleans it. Well, I want to ask uh, about uh, uh, carbon monoxide detectors, also smoke detectors. Is there is there preventive maintenance that folks could do? Is it something like maybe I need to take them down, take them outside, blow them out with air, anything like that? I mean, dust and stuff get into those. Right. So uh, particularly with the smoke detectors, uh, there's a technology called PID. It's photoionization detection, and it's essentially um, it's a little light beam that stretches across the two sensor plates. And when uh, smoke particles get in, they break that beam. So it's very small particles of smoke. Um, dust can do that as well. I've had um, in a, many, many years ago um, in a nursing home facility, um, the smoke detect the alarm, essentially the entire alarm system was going off because um, some bees had gotten into one of the smoke detectors and they had set it off. So that was fun when we took that one apart. They were not happy that we were uh, busting <laughs> up their party. Uh, yeah, and I was very young in my career then, so I was the one on top of the ladder for it. So they, the, the other guys got a real good kick out of that. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, any house um, will have, you know, despite your best cleaning efforts, there will still be a little dust floating around in the air. And uh, when you're pulling the detector down to uh, change the battery, it's probably a good time to look at the uh, at the intake screen, uh, those little vents in there. That it, Air 
comes into those, that's how the smoke particles get in. So dust and wind can get in there as well. So uh, giving it a, a blow with the vacuum or um, hitting it with the Swiffer is not a bad idea. All right. Well, fantastic. Ed, we just got a couple more minutes. And uh, for folks playing the home game of the KMOX, uh, uh, KMOX is at your service. Uh, Ed and I have known each other for for many, many years. Uh, not going to go how far we've known each other. But, Ed, I didn't know if you know this, but uh, earlier uh, last week, it was uh, the 45th anniversary of the release of Slapshot. Yeah, I actually uh, I watched it last week. Um, <laughs> Although it's, it'll probably never be get an Oscar. It's it's one of my favorite movies. It really is. <laughs> it it is definitely uh, one of my favorite movies as well. Uh, Ed and I used to play hockey together many many years ago, and we we played. Uh, luckily, got to play in a couple of tournaments over in Europe and and some other stuff too. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely a fun time. We actually just talked about this the other day because uh, when we were in Europe, we visited a church in uh, Cologne, Germany. And uh, just a huge church built in like 900-something. And I seen a picture that I uh, texted over to Ed that uh, during World War II, everything around it was flattened except for the church. And uh, I'm like, hey, we've been there. So it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, that uh, those pictures you sent, that, that brought back some really, really fun memories. So that was a, that was a good trip. Uh, I'd like to think that we played pretty well, but we didn't. But we had a good time. <laughs> nah, it was a good time. We played pretty well. You know, it was it was fun. So. You know, played with a lot of different people. So, yeah, you know, that was that was that was a good trip. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, forty forty five years of slap shot. The jokes never get old. Never get old. Never get old at all. Well, Ed, as always, you know, it's a uh, it's so fantastic having you on the show. You're so wealth of information out there, and uh, you know, for folks again. Make sure you check those uh, owner's manuals or how old for smoke detectors to replace, 10 years? Well, uh, you know, theoretically, what we say is if you get seven years out of a smoke detector you purchase off the shelf, you should consider yourself lucky. Um, five years is, is a really good benchmark to start uh, looking at replacing them. Okay. Well, you heard it right here, my friends. Time to get those out, get them checked. Uh, March the 12th is when the time change is coming again. As I always say, Ed, I know you'll agree with me, change the batteries in your flashlight as well because you never know when you may need that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And when you need it, it's when you're going to need it. So, <laughs> Right. Well, being the car nerd that I am, I have them in my cars as well, so I also change them in the, uh, in the cars because you never know when you're going to be, be on the side of the road, yeah. that's for sure. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Well, thanks, Ed. I appreciate uh, appreciate the time again, and, and as always, uh, love having you on the program. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here on uh, At Your Service tonight. My pleasure. Anytime. That's our good friend Ed Bernie, my friends, uh, public safety official. we got about a minute left here before we uh, have to break for the top of the hour. Uh, folks, hope you enjoy the uh, KMOX At Your Service as well. One thing I wanted to talk about that kind of came up here in the past uh Oh, a couple weeks ago is that Kia and Hyundai have released a uh, fix supposedly for their cars that are getting stolen a lot, and that is uh, they're doing something. You have to have the ones with the key fobs. Uh, There's actually a new program out that they can reprogram it and will program to your key fob. So if you lock your door with your key fob, even though they break the ignition and try to turn the ignition, it still won't start unless it has another signal from your key fob to unlock the doors, and it will unlock the ignition as well. If you have a Hyundai or Kia with a key start, not a push-button start, but a key start, I suggest you call your dealer and get that uh, 
get that done. I believe it is no charge, my friends. I believe it's no charge. Really, really important. All right, we'll see you on the other side of news. KMOX is at your service. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models. Like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on. We talk about basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happens. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. Hour number two of KMOX is at your service here on a Tuesday night. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight. Matt Pajeski kicking out the tunes as usual. I wish he'd play a little bit better stuff than he normally does, but uh, it's still Kevin Wheeler's mix. That's what I'm saying. Just get uh, get some better tunes, Matt. Come on. Come on. You can do it. I know you can. Hey, welcome back to the show, folks. 9.06 is your time. I want to bring in our next guest. Uh, tell you what, Lenny Batiki has been with us here for many, many years uh, and he is the host of PRNs at the track. That's right, Performance Racing Networks at the track. And he's coming to us from Charlotte. And thanks so much, Lenny, for hanging out with us here tonight on uh, KMOX is at your service. Well, I, I might have reconsidered if I knew I had to uh, kind of put up with Kevin Wheeler's mix of uh, tunes. I'm telling you. That's what I tell Matt every time. Don't don't give me that Wheeler stuff. You know what I mean? No. How about a little Sammy Hagar? I can't drive yeah. 55. See? We're going to be talking races. See? There you go, Matt. You're dropping a ball here. That's it. Producer of the year, out the window. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, Lenny. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I hope you're doing just as well. Uh, great to have racing season back in. It, it really is. Uh, we're a week or two away from the uh, drag racing season kicking off. NASCAR's been going a couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, we're back to uh, burning rubber and smelling fuel, and it's all good from there. That's right. So how's uh, Lenny is the host of, like I said, PRNs at the track, Performance Racing Networks at the track. How is uh, at the track going? You go out and you go to a lot of small-town racetracks and interview just really the uh, the hardcore drivers, the guy that has it in their, in their garage at home and works on it every night after they get home from work and goes out racing on the weekend. And we want to hear about the passion that they have that they bring to it because they're not getting the uh, Learjet glamour and the uh, the big checks and things like that. They're doing it for their heart and soul. And this week we have somebody from the STL on, uh, as we typically do a lot of times. Uh, We have a a guy that won out at the Equestrian Center. They're racing indoors this winter out there. And uh, he was in a winged cart, kind of looks like those wild sprint cars from the World of Outlaws that runs down at I-55 or over at Tri-City Speedway. And uh, Kyle Steffens, 
not only raced and won in the equestrian center this weekend, but his six-year-old son did as well, and they both were pictured in victory lane. It was one of those father-son moments that really mattered more than whether they were in a, in a race vehicle, whether they were at home plate, whether they were in goal, wherever they were, it was those moments that I wanted to hear. And he, he put them so good, and you could hear his voice kind of crackle how much it meant to him to share that moment with his son. And then he dropped a bomb on us and said, hey, not only am I racing the equestrian center, but I'm going to go USAC racing and go across the country and even race at Worldwide Technology Center coming up. So it's one of those ones where you hear good things about a grassroots racer, and then they they even show that they're, they're trying to climb higher. And that's what we love about things. Yeah, Kyle, uh, Kyle, local racer here in uh, St. Louis, has been, uh, I guess, climbing the ranks. I mean, he's he's raced for a long time, but every year he gets better and better and better. And uh, I I read that announcement uh, when he was going to go uh, USAC. I tell you what, that's uh, that's great for him. Uh, he's a really really good guy. On top of it, he really is. And uh, to hear the father in him speaking about how uh, on. The day before, on the there, it was a two-day event, and the first day he couldn't even put himself in his race car. He said, "I have to take care of my son. Got to get him pointed in the right direction." And once he did that day one, then he could go out there and do what he had planned to do both days of the weekend: take take a victory for himself, and then the icing on the cake was the uh, the son wins as well. So one of those great human interest stories, and that's what we try to bring. We don't talk about parts, pieces, uh, you know, setups, things like that. We want a more hear about what was, drove the passion and what the experience was like, and that's what we try to share on At The Track. Well, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, little racetracks all around the United States, and as I said before, you know, these guys are the grassroots racers. They're the ones that, uh, you know, are beating and banging on that uh, on that car till midnight every night, working a full-time job just to get the chance to go racing on the weekend. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the St. Louis metro area has been home to great racing now for years uh, over there across the way in Madison, down at uh, I-55 over in Belleville when they were racing over there, up, uh, you know, and so many other places, Tri-City and Pontoon Beach, but also downtown St. Louis with midgets racing indoors back in the 30s. I mean, racing is, is a part of the culture. Uh, in the St. Louis area, as much as really things uh, with the Cardinals or the Blues or anything else like that, it just maybe doesn't get the publicity. Well, you know, that's the thing now with uh, Curtis Francois and Worldwide Technology Raceway. You know, all the work that he's done, and, and you know, we've had the NASCAR second tier there, but now having the Cup guys there, I mean, it's just a big feather in the cap for the racing community. Yeah, and I uh, saw something uh, Curtis uh, said that not only did they have that great first uh, time out, but he wants to raise the bar this time. He's doing great things for uh, for all motorsports fans, and especially the NASCAR fans that have wanted the Cup Series back from you know way back, and uh, now we've got it, and not going to let it go from uh, St. Louis. Not not with Curtis around. Well, that's right, and you know that St. Louis put on a great show for the fans, for the TV audience as well. Packed house. And uh, they did a, they did a really good job with it, and it was a really good race to watch. You know, that's the thing about that track over there, Lenny. As you well know, every corner is different. It's a racer's track. It's not it's not a circle cookie cutter track. It's a racer's track. You have to drive that track. You you really do. It's the only mile and a and a quarter in the country. It's got banking in one turn that's different from the banking of the other. The apexes are different. You have to go to St. Louis. And you better bring your lunchbox to work if you're going to go out there 
on the racetrack and try to win at Worldwide Technologies. Uh, you know, they do great stuff over there and looking forward to uh, another humdinger of a race when, uh, when the NASCAR folks return there. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's get into some real racing and talk about uh, Kyle Busch. Uh, you know, here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to bring it up. Kyle Busch, uh, <laughs> uh, longtime Joe Gibbs racer, longtime Henrik racer, going to Joe Gibbs. Uh, had uh, the drove the M and M's car. M and M said uh, last year, "Hey, this is our last year for sponsorship." Supposedly, couldn't find any sponsorship for him at Joe Gibbs Racing. Moves on to Richard Childress Racing, and uh, all of a sudden, second race into the season, he's already winning. Second race into the season, and he also led the Daytona 500 till about, you know, a handful of laps to go. So Kyle Busch has, I think, found a new home. And if you heard, as the, as the exit of the car in California after the victory, the crowd actually applauded, and it reminded me of, you know, wrestling there at the Keel Auditorium when, you know, you would have a veteran, you know, guy that was just a heel and nobody liked, but all of a sudden as he matured and, you know, maybe maybe won a dramatic event or so, he'd turn a little bit more baby face and you'd hear the crowd get behind him. So I think maybe Kyle Busch is starting to blossom just a little bit different version of himself now that he's with a guy like Richard Childress. Well, you know, I've always said that I think Kyle Busch is is probably one of the uh, most purest racers out there. I don't care what kind of car you put him in, uh, whether it's an Indy car, NASCAR, uh, Sebring car, uh, you put him in a wing sprint. I think every time he goes into the track, he's got a chance to win, just like Tony Stewart. I think I think they're they're cut from the same cloth. I think they would could get into any car, and they're already going to have a chance to win no matter what. Yeah, and, you know, they only put one seat in a race car. So as much as we want our drivers to, uh, you know, carry us along and things like that, sometimes they're just a little rough around the edges. And I think, you know, as a young man, Kyle made his uh, his feelings known a little bit more so than other folks would, and that got him on the wrong side of a, a number of people. But now as he's matured, he's become a father and his son is racing. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit of a difference, and definitely with the mentoring of Richard Childress. It doesn't take long when you're around RC to learn how the swagger really matters with that group and how you know they take their, their pride in their teamwork and everything a whole different way than others do. And I think maybe this is fitting him better. So Kyle Busch should be a factor this year, but there's still other players out there that are going to have their say before it gets to the championship way out in November. Yeah, we got to take a break here, Lenny, but I got I want to say one more thing about Kyle Busch going to Richard Childress Racing. You know, Richard Childress has kind of been on a on a downturn, you know, for the last uh, 3 4 5 years. Uh not necessarily considered a second team, but I mean, they weren't really the top runners, the top the top forefront. Now all of a sudden it looks like Kyle Busch Kyle Busch has brought them back to prominence. I think you're right about that, and I look forward to seeing it uh, as somebody with a history at RCR. At it, that, that's good for racing, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. And I still don't want to be driving in front of him and with one lap to go and see him in my rearview mirror. So, or oh, no way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Lenny, can you hang with us one more? I got to take yes, a quick sir. break. All right, fantastic, Fol- folks. Uh, on the phone with us, we are talking to Lenny Batiki. He is the host of PRN's At the Track. You can check him out all over social media as well. Also, you can download clips and uh, see PRN's At the Track. Does a fantastic job. This is Greg Damon. This is KMOX. It's at your service. We're going to do a little business. We'll be right back. Stick around.
Welcome back, everyone. 920 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. And, folks, this is KMOX is at your service. And we're visiting with our good friend Lenny Baticki all the way from Charlotte. Uh, he is the host of PRNs at the track, and evidently he can uh, convince Matt Pajeski to uh, play a little Sammy Hagar where I can't even get a word in edgewise. You know, he's, he's kind to the guests. That's what uh, one of the <laughs> trademarks Matt always has. <laughs> That is correct. That's correct. I love you know, that. He's a good guy. Uh, there's, there's, you know, the uh, the good hitting, uh, you know, uh, shortstop, and there's good fielding, second baseman, and stuff. That is a good to the guest uh, producer. That's what you would put on the back of his baseball cards. No, exactly. Well, we'll get maybe that's what they're going to do. They're going to get producer cards, and here at KMOX, and you know, maybe he'll sign one. I, I'll send it to you. Well, and you you would be the uh, power hitting show host that yeah. uh, can bring him in with. Uh, you know, good bat speed. Yes. Again, I have a face for radio, Lenny. So, <laughs> but, uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I see as kind of the Bambino of uh, KMOX. Yeah, I'm more of the Bambino of the buffet. So, <laughs> well, you you fit in everywhere you are. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, folks, we we're talking a little uh, NASCAR racing with uh, with Lenny. As I said, he's the host of PRN Performance Racing Networks at the track. Uh, we were talking about uh, obviously the best NASCAR racer of all time, Kyle Busch. Uh, just a few minutes before we went to uh, break, but I wanted to bring up something else. Uh, Jimmy Johnson back in the game. What's up with this? How cool is that? Uh, went and had uh, you know some fun playing uh, IndyCar driver and decent, you know. Didn't hurt himself, uh, went out there and showed at least that, you know, he can be competitive at times and such. So, you know, I think that's what he needed to kind of revive himself and then found the uh, combination to uh, get involved in the ownership of what was Richard Petty Racing. And now he and Maury Gallagher, uh, if you know Allegiant Air, uh, that's Maury's company, uh, have come together. They they purchased the assets. And Jimmy, Jimmy got to race uh, at Daytona. I think he'll race one or two more times this season. He's going to go off and do some road course races and such. But when you're seven-time champion, you get to enjoy it a little bit. and uh, You get to be an owner of uh, a guy like Noah Gregson, who I think is going to be great for the sport. He's one of those kind of quick-witted young guys that has that style that uh, the new new crowd likes. And uh, that's one of Jimmy's drivers, along with Eric Jones, the kid from Michigan. So uh, I think Jimmy's going to have himself a, a pretty good time playing owner and sometime driver. Yeah, you know, that's the next thing I was going to bring up about ownership with Richard Petty uh, racing. I, I got to tell you, you know, to me, it's a little sad, Richard Petty uh, not really being the namesake uh, uh, of ownership like uh, it's been for quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a passing of the torch uh, from one seven-time champion to another. <laughs> but uh, I think Jimmy respects Richard, and uh, and he still has him around. He's still a welcome part of the team. He's just not the guy that, you know, has his name on the masthead anymore, but you know, Richard's got a lot to hang his hat on. I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, uh, I'll tell you a quick story and for folks playing the home game of At Your Service. So when you are media and you go to, uh, you know, a racetrack or I should say any sporting event or, or anything like that, you are not allowed to ask for autographs, never allowed to ask for autographs or, or anything like that. You lose your credibility, uh, you know, because you're really not there for that. Uh, I, I broke that one time, and that was at Texas Motor Speedway when I was walking and walked past Richard Petty, and I asked him to sign my uh, my media pass. And he, he you know, gratefully did it. That That is an American legend, whether you're a baseball fan, a football fan, soccer fan, or whatever. When you, you talk about car racing, automotive racing in this country, one of the guys that built it, along with Mario Andretti, A.J. Foyt, guys like that, Richard Petty was one of those. 
And I think you could be forgiven for, uh, you know, asking for a legend, an American legend's autograph. That, that's worth the, uh, the risk of your credibility. I think it actually adds to it that you were cognitive to, uh, you know, stop and say, you know what, this is a chance of a lifetime. And to get a Richard Petty autograph still means something. Yeah, and I, did, I snuck a picture with him, too. I, I couldn't. Oh, that well, you know, there you might have crossed the line. <laughs> No, but uh, it's always good to get a selfie whenever you're around Greg Damon. I'm, I'm sure Richard uh, still has his version oh, of that photo. I'm sure he does. I'm <laughs> sure he does. It's uh, downstairs uh, keeping the rats away is probably what uh, what's going on with that. Um, a, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's probably posted up on the uh, do not allow in the uh, Petty Museum or something. Right, or the post office, 10 most wanted uh, people. So showing showing my age on that. Um, there you go. I tell you what, I think uh, uh, I think NASCAR is is trying to change a little bit in direction and, and make it kind of more fun for the fans. Uh, it seems like there's been a real lull with NASCAR here the past uh, four, five, six, seven years. Many folks that I know are not as interested into it as as what they used to be. Um, I think they're trying to change change the course a little bit. Your thoughts? I, I agree, and I think that's good. They're trying to adjust. Uh, to the times you can't you can't do it too fast and you can't do it too slow and they're trying to find the right speed to make some of these changes to bring in more fans bring in more venues you know introduce their product again to uh, you know some of these up-and-comers that uh, are out there that are looking at the sports uh, landscape much like uh, it's the barnstormers right that are are the uh, oh no battle hawks that are the xfl team there right correct you know and look what they did uh, you know, just in their opening, they, they, it's a different brand of football. It's new. It, there's energy to it. And I think that's what NASCAR is trying to find, that mix of, you know, what is the right flavor of the day that we need to go to without losing the flavor that got us here. Right. Well, you know, it used to be the old uh, good old Southern boys, and now they have to uh, draw from all over the United States. Oh, definitely. And uh, I know Ross Chastain's from Florida, so that's really you know, down there in the South, but he's the points leader. You got a kid from Connecticut, Joey Logano, uh, the defending series champion in second, Alex Bowman from Arizona, Kevin Harvick from California, Daniel Suarez from Mexico. Uh, A lot of different places and names that, you know, have now come into NASCAR that are making that mix that much better. So I I think the new fans, once they find, uh, you know, their way uh, of enjoying things, will help bring things, uh, you know, to, that NASCAR hasn't had before, just the, the new energy. Now, what about the uh, street course? I think that's going to be pretty wild. I think I'm it's not against that at all. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to see six of them on the schedule, but I think, uh, you know, a street course in Chicago, oh, man, that's, you know, right up the road. If you're in St. Louis, you know, and you got your tickets to Gateway already, you're looking for a second venue. Might not be a bad thing to uh, scoot up with uh, I-55, right? Yep. It'll take you to uh, up that way, and uh, you can find your way to uh, Chicago pretty easy from the STL. Might be a fun time to go and see some history made, uh, NASCAR on the street course there. Should be a, a wild time fitting through those caverns and those big, tall buildings. I mean, that's, that's a new risk for them, like L.A. was with the Coliseum last year. Correct. And, not everything new is going to work. Remember, new Coke didn't quite work. They had to tweak it beforehand. <laughs> you know, those are some of the things that uh, have to be adjusted to. Um, so I, I, I think it's good that they're taking risks 
and they'll sort it out after uh, they, they do it a time or two and make it better. And if then, if not, it'll fall by the wayside and be one of those uh, new Coke moments in the world of NASCAR. Now, do you think they're going to actually fix the streets in Chicago before they run on that, or is it still going to have all the potholes and everything? Hey, uh, you know, these guys are supposed to be tough racers. They race on dirt. They bump and bang on short tracks. Uh, you know, why should you fix the potholes? Uh, That's right. You know, weld down those uh, those uh, water uh, tank uh, lids there that they have around, the manhole covers, weld them down, let them boys go race. Let's That's see right. what they can do. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, Lenny, uh, I want to thank you so much, man, for uh, joining us. It always goes by so quick. I'm going to send you some uh, bandanas, barbecue sauce as well. And uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us here on a Tuesday night. Greg Damon, you matter so much to the world of motorsports and keeping your voice on the air in St. Louis matters to all the STL fans and everybody that can hear you from coast to coast because I know the mighty KMOX gets from coast to coast at this time of the evening. Thanks for all you do, Greg Damon, for racing. Have a great night. All right. Thanks so much, Lenny. That's our good friend Lenny Batiki, PRNs at the track. Check him out all over the place. Uh, you can just Google his name, and you can check out PRNs at the track all over social media. Uh, great stuff. He does great stuff with uh, the younger racers and, the, and, and, and really the grassroots guys. This is KMOX is at your service. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk a little football. Stick around. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. 934 is your time right here in the heart of mid-America. Finally, Matt Pajeski playing some good jams now. A little Ted Nugent, a little terrible Ted for you there tonight here on KMOX is at your service. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight. Thanks for joining us here on the program. We're going to talk a little football, and you're going, okay, Uncle Greg, so, you know, what, football? I mean, it just really got over, but now we got the XFL what, what are we talking football? Well, I want to bring in our next guest. He is Matt Bierman. He is the uh, owner of Elite Performance and Football Training Center. We're going to talk a little football training with Matt. Matt uh, has been kind enough to join us. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Greg, thank you much, very much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Well, thank you. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, so uh, the, uh, Matt, uh, Elite Performance is in Chesterfield, and I got to tell you, Matt, uh, it is uh, it is amazing to me. You know, here I am uh, uh, back when uh, I was playing football, playing center and nose guard and don't do anything but eating and drinking until it's time for uh, football to start and uh, sitting around on the couch after school and stuff like that. Now we got kids today that, uh, man, they train all year round. Yeah, the, the game has really uh, seen a shift as far as uh, off-season development. I mean, football is, is such a unique game in the sense that it's played, you know, three to four months out of the year as far as games and, you know, competition. But then there's that yeah, unique period of off-season, which the NFL guys have and college has and, um, you know, everybody has their own iteration of what they do, but the, you know, the youth and high school players really for a long time really just had lifting weights and kind of maybe work out a little bit and, and maybe play some other sports where I would say the last number of years, uh, it, it's really started to shift where you have athletes focusing on learning those skill sets and refining their skill sets in the off season, which ultimately helps them become better teammates and players in, you know, in season. Yeah, well, let's face it, football is uh, really the ultimate team sport, and especially in today's world where nobody wants to connect with each other, or they all want to text each other, or 
There's no there's no real social or no social interaction. You know, football is a game where uh, you get with a bunch of guys and you learn how to problem solve. You learn how to uh, figure out how things work, and you need to get together to get along with it to to reach your goal to move the ball and score touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and that that is uh, the unique thing. Is like I always tell kids, and, and people will kind of maybe be a little reluctant when they start to think about you know spending time in the off season if they're playing other sports or things of that and working on football. But at the end of the day, like to become the best player you can be and teammate, you you have to first master your own position and your skill sets so that you're able to work with those other guys and be on the same page and then also make up for maybe some of their some maybe some of their weaknesses and then and uh you know but the more you can learn and understand the skill sets and i think um one of the things that some someone that had told me a long time ago that i found really interesting was um it was a, a friend of a friend of our of a, of a player who trained in our program a long time ago. And the mother was a, a dance um, instructor. And she, she said to me that her biggest issue with football from what she could see was watching practice. There was a lot of uh, choreography and then they did their games and then they did the work on choreography and then they did their games. And there was, she said, when do you guys actually train the players? And I, and that, that, that is actually the, the the impetus of how I even got into like the skill development world and training a, a little over 23, 24 years ago was seeing that, you know, as football coaches in season, you only have so much time at practice and you have games and you have to work so hard on getting the synchronization and choreography of the play and, and getting everybody to work together that, you know, sometimes that missing link really is, the skill and then that is that could be throwing a ball that could be pass blocking that could be run blocking that could be carrying the ball properly you know blocking shedding blocks uh tackling all those things that can be done in the off season that only reinforce the uh regimen in practice throughout the year well you know i've been co- fortunate enough to coach my younger son uh well all the way up this is my last year since he'll be going to high school next year but you know, the, the, the thing that, that I found, I mean, obviously I coached the offensive line. You know, we just really like to go out and eat pancakes a lot. But, you know, the biggest thing that I found with doing other training besides at football practice is the footwork. You guys are able to teach the footwork so they already have it down. They don't think about it. Their feet move fluidly, and they're able to uh, make their blocking and do what they're supposed to do. Yep without getting their feet tangled up. Yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting. If you look at, because we train every position, and obviously the offensive line is so unique because they're big guys. They have to, you know, really you know, be passive aggressive. They have to be able to, you know, move in sync and not and not allow the defense to, you know, have too many, uh, you know, holes to come through and, and, and spacing. But the footwork is everything for the offensive line. I mean, some of the most impressive athletes I've ever seen are, you know, guys that are like six two, six three, they're six six, and they weigh three hundred pounds, and they move like a you know a, a high level basketball player. You know, with with their feet and their and their, and their their ability to move. But what's interesting is if you look at every position we train, quarterbacks, everybody thinks about the arm. It's their feet and their legs. It's how they move. Linebackers, it's, it's everybody thinks about tackling. It's well, you got to get in position to make the tackle, so it's your feet. 
and your ability to move. It's, it's every position uh, has really a solid basis around footwork. And I think that's what's interesting when you come into our facility and you start to watch all the different, you know, uh, subgroups of positions and all the different specialties. Um, there are so many commonalities. And I always tell people, like, if you think about it, there's only so many ways the human body can move properly, right? <laughs> you can make it move a lot of different ways, uh, very uncoordinated, but, but it's not going to help you become, you know, a high-level uh, performer in any, any sport, but let alone football, any position in football. So, you know, thinking about, you know, those feet and how you synchronize them. And honestly, you know, people want to say, oh, I'll do it when I get to high school. Well, the problem is you really want to teach a lot of that when they're in those formidable years, you know, you know, in their adolescence and, you know, pre-puberty, into puberty, because the body is very good at learning and adapting new things, especially movement patterns. And that comes with speed and agility, things of that nature as well. But if you could teach the body how to do uh, those sequences as they grow into their body, it's, it's pretty remarkable to see, you know, see what, what, what was done years in advance. No, I agree 100%. And, and, and I, I really have to say, you know, you, you were talking about the different positions. And, and one of the things that you guys talk, that you teach with the footwork, you take a receiver or a defensive back, is how can they cut that corner and gain speed at the same time? And that's what yep. they're really looking for. And, they're, and, and you see these guys do it that have been doing it for a long time, and they don't even think about it. It's just a natural movement for them. Yeah, it, the ability to, to to decelerate and accelerate very quickly. I mean, football is, is such a unique game in the sense that, you know, um, in, in one regard, it's it's highly specialized, right, because there's so many different positions, and you have to learn different skill sets for those positions. But at the end of the day, it rewards you for being athletic, right? So you can have kids join the game of football later than a lot of the other sports, but if they learn those tips and tricks, uh, and they have some athleticism, and then obviously there's some mental toughness and, and uh, aggressiveness and things like that that, that, that that certainly play into it. But they can have success, and I think, you know, when you get around guys like our receiver coaches that we have, we have a, a former um, NFL player, uh, well, two of them that, that train receivers for us, uh, Justin Gage and, and Derek Stanley, uh, both guys that, you know, played at the highest level. But more importantly, um you know, playing experience is great, but the ability to convey your message and, and, and communicate clearly with what you see and what you need them to improve on, um, it, it, you know, is it's, it's easier said than done. And, you know, the pedigree helps, but at the same time, the the person's attitude and caring and, and wanting to, to, to pass on information and uh, teach and educate um, is is really the, the thing that matters most, and then then from there you you can teach them everything you know and everything you've experienced. But uh, you know a lot of a lot of the things that we're able to do nowadays with technology and filming and things of that nature are really exciting. But I always tell the kids um, that I that I train in my particular specialties quarterbacks. Um, I always tell them like, listen, when you're when you're being coached, I can see you but you will never see yourself live throwing ever. Like you can never see yourself taking that rep live, whether that's an offensive lineman, linebacker, receiver, running back, you're only going to see it as a, as a film or in the mirror. Right. So, and, and, and you see it out of your own eyes, but you don't see your body moving. So our, our challenge as coaches is to 
take what we see with the trained eye and then match that with what the athlete feels because we will never be able to feel what they feel. So that's that, it's that uh, you know, that bond between the coach and the player to get that, get everybody on the same page. And I, you know, I, and I know you've probably seen it firsthand with your own son where you see like the aha moment where all of a sudden it's like, whoa, he can do that. And, he, and you're striking with their hands and their feet are working and everything's perfect. Right. And then, and then the, the goal is, is to repeat that. And then, and then sometimes the body will go haywire or the brain thinks about something it shouldn't think about, or, you know, or they hesitate and then, and then bam, you, know, you kind of got to get back into that, that, you know, re-perfecting mode. No, I agree 100%, and you can see it with the kids. And, again, it doesn't matter what position it is, quarterback, D-back, lineman, defensive lineman, whatever it is, you can see it. And all of a sudden, you know, it'll just click, and they'll understand. And then from then on, they start making that same move, and they're starting to get a little bit better, get a little bit faster, and and start to break away. It's really kind of amazing to watch. Yeah, it's it's fun. And, 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 you know, something that came to my mind, like, I'm sure you remember this young man, um, and you've seen him in our facility, but a kid named Miles McVeigh, um, you know, six, six, let's call it 330 pounds, I think would be generous uh, you know, on the low side. He's just a big human being. And, and, and he learned as a young kid, a young boy coming in and training, and he was really consistent with his training, and he just kept growing and growing. But if you watch him, people would watch him, in, in middle school, oh, yeah, he's just a big kid. And then as a high school, you're like, oh, man, he can really move. Boy, he's actually really athletic. And I, I think people, you know, see the big guys in the NFL, the big guys in college, or big guys in high school, and they see the offensive line, but they don't quite understand how difficult it is, one, to be that big and move as they do. But there's also a lot of time that has been spent working on that. It's like no different than a dancer perfecting dance moves or, or a basketball player perfecting a shot, but, but it's all footwork related. And then the hands have to tie into it. And then we're really fortunate. We have some really awesome offensive line coaches. The guy, Jamie Pond has been with us for years and he's trained guys that have gone on and played collegiately in the NFL. And then we have Luke Pio, uh, who's another guy who's been coached, been trained, trained with us for years. And he trained as an athlete with us. And then we have, you know, John McNamara and Doug Wagner and, and the whole, there's a whole list of guys that come through, but, but the, but the whole purpose of their being there is to pass down what they've learned over the years and help these guys have a better experience, you know, in middle school, going into high school and then, and then beyond. Absolutely. Matt, I got to do a little business. Can you hang with me a few more minutes? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. All right, fantastic. We are visiting with Matt Bierman. He is the owner of Elite Performance Elite Football uh, Training Center in Chesterfield. More of At Your Service. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. 9.52 is your time. Heading into the last segment here on KMOX is at your service. And we're talking a little football training. Matt Bierman, he's the owner of Elite Performance and Football Training Center in Chesterfield, has been kind enough to hang out with us here on a Tuesday night. And again, Matt, thanks for uh, hanging out with us here on the show. Uh, my pleasure. So, anytime I can get to talk football, I'm, I'm, I'm game. You, you, know, <laughs> you know, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> I am... Uh, you know we're a, we're a football family. Plan our vacations around football and uh, and everything else. 
Um, you know, one thing I wanted to say is it, it, uh, about your training facility is it's very family friendly. It's not something that you're just going to come drop your kids off. You don't know what they're going to do. A lot of parents hang around, watch. A lot of parents know each other from just being there and uh, just talk football mm-hmm. and everything else. You know, and I, I yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I, you know, I love talking to the different parents that come in, and it is it's a family atmosphere. What I what I find really interesting, and I think a lot of people would, as well. We have people from all over, all walks of life, and football is really bringing them together. And every it, it happens every Sunday, it happens every Wednesday night, as far as our skills development uh, training for football players. And we have, I mean, it is an amazing group of people that come together, and it's from all walks of life, from you know as far as way as Springfield, Illinois, to you know, down to Cape and, and Jackson and, and then over towards Columbia um, and, and, and in Hannibal and, the, you know, all places around the, you know, the, the, the bi-state area, we have people coming in to, to play. And then obviously we have people from the county and the city and, and, and Franklin County and Jefferson County. So really it's a, it's a neat group of people and they're all there to get better. And I think that's what's unique is that you're getting to train with other people that are like-minded that want to get better and love the sport of football. And that's really what it is. If you look at all the kids, I mean, they just soak up what the coach tells them and work so hard at, at trying to get better. And I and I just and I just love it. Yeah, and, and the, the game has obviously taken some some heat over the years with you know the concussions and the different things along that line. But you know, we've really, I think, you know, uh, coming out of the COVID, we've seen like a resurgence in, in players and and you know and kids wanting to play the game and. So we do flag football as well, like for little kids. And the flag football does an excellent job of, like, introducing the kids to the game and getting them excited. And then um, then it's like a natural metric, you know, like next step process. But, you know, we, we see those. It's the same type of family environment at our flag football as it is at training. And, you know, the, you really get to know some people. And I also think it's neat that the boys are training with other, other guys they're going to be playing against. Um, they're, they're side-by-side training, and then they get to play each other in season. I think that's – we always enjoy seeing those pictures after the game where two guys are, you know, hugging after the game after they just battled each other, but they but they trained all off-season together for that moment. Nope, you're absolutely right, and uh, they uh, they form, form uh, lifelong bonds uh, between the guys. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. So, Matt, we got about uh, uh, we got about 30 seconds left. Uh, for folks who want more information about Elite Performance Elite Football Training Center, uh, and I know you guys give away a, uh, your first lessons free, tell us a little about yep. where can they go. Yeah, the easiest way is just EliteFootball.net, EliteFootball.net, and then they can come in and schedule to do a free uh, training class. Um, it's, it just kind of walks you through the process online, but really we'd love to have them come in, test it out if they're interested, if they've played, if they haven't played. Uh, come in any Sunday or Wednesday and, and, and take a class and, and uh, check it out and see, see how they like it. Well, Matt, as always, uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Yes. Uh, wealth of information, and I'm telling you, man, uh, the football players in this, uh, this part of the country are, are just benefiting by the training you guys give. Well, thank you very much. Have a great night. All right. Thank you so much. That's right. Matt, Matt right. Beerman. He is the uh, owner of Elite Performance and uh, Elite Performance Training Center and Elite Football uh, Academy in Chesterfield. Go check it out if your son's interested in football. I highly recommend it. It's a great game, and you learn a lot of life lessons uh, with football. 
Well, that's going to about wrap up this edition of At Your Service. I hope you had a great time. I know I certainly did. Folks, be nice to each other out there. No more hate. Thanks so much for listening. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.